So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. But today we're going to talk about our Super Bowl predictions, uh, NFL player Chad Wheeler, or previous player, um, the Rams and Lions trade, Nets versus Clippers, and LeBron arguing with a fan. But before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Muhammad, and I let my partner introduce himself. Oh, yes, Alex. This is the pre-Super Bowl release. Lots of great information and excitement to come. Oh, yeah, a whole bunch of excitement. But I guess we're going to have to start on a little, a little bit of a sad note with... Uh, previous NFL player, Chad Wheeler. So, in a case where previous Seahawks player, Chad Wheeler, assaulted his girlfriend because she didn't bow to him and she was put in the hospital. Um, also, it took three police officers to detain the massive NFL lineman during a bloody domestic violence rampage at his girlfriend's apartment. And the cops described the battle like they were trying to subdue a bear. So, with the way everything has turned out for Chad Wheeler, do you think he ever plays another down in the NFL? He better not. <laughs> um, um, I don't really know the, like how good he was before the spotlight is going on him. It's not really, uh, it's not a really big spotlight on any offensive lineman. And if you're a good one, most times your name is silent because it doesn't come up. Uh, but I, I would say that'll be a no because just from the details of what he did and how bad he beat her, he literally said as she was climbing or crawling to go to the bathroom to call the cops, we saved her life, uh, that he was surprised she was still alive. He was sitting there at the kitchen table eating and literally said to her, I'm surprised you're still alive as she climbed into the, uh, the bathroom and then called the cops. So also that just and of course, those other uh, details that you just said, I would say that he shouldn't. But, you know, the NFL. I, I say no, I, there's no way he can play again. I mean, you do look at the Ray Rice situation and that was caught on camera. And it's not as bad as this, I mean, even though that was pretty bad. This one, he just, he destroyed her. Like, he was trying to kill her. And he said he was surprised that she was still alive. And somehow he's out. He's not even in prison right now. He's pleading not guilty, um, I guess, because he didn't take his medication. But that's still his fault. There's no way this guy could be playing in the NFL again. And they should definitely uh, ban him. I would agree. He should be in jail uh, going forward. That should stop him from uh, that alone from being in the NFL. But I, I would agree. He should get extremely back uh, blackballed. But uh, once again, I repeat, this is the NFL. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that he's not so great of a player that they can just they, they would accept him. Nobody really knew who he was. I don't think he was really drafted that high. 
nobody knew who he was until this story came out. So I think that's pretty much the end of his his career. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. It it should be. Um, So, yeah. Because I knew nothing of him. And I'm a Seahawks fan. I absolutely have no idea how long he's been on the team or anything about him. Yeah. I I think maybe a year or two, but not not much. Um, But is this a bad look? Is this more of a bad look for Chad Wheeler or the NFL? I actually think it's a bad look for the NFL. Um, and I, I guess it doesn't, I know I don't want to take it to race, but I guess it relieves the idea of it being black males that are doing this, but it's still not a good thing because it's being done. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing that it really kind of points at is the concussions. Uh, and mental stability of these players. And in general, you of course you say that he didn't make take his medicine. He didn't. He's gonna plead not guilty. That that really he shouldn't be absolved of any of that. But it looks worse on the NFL as it seems to constantly create extremely aggressive and well, it's an aggressive game. So it's it's kind of hand in hand. But at the same time, you, you make it makes you wonder whether it is the constant. Uh, collisions that kind of questions their sanity. Yeah, but this guy has had a history of being very aggressive, so I'm not really going to blame this all on the NFL, but it is a worse look for them because they are a big company, big organization, and they're pretty much all about protecting the shield and making money. Um, but for Chad Wheeler... Well, I think it was in college. He was very aggressive. I don't have the exact story, but he I think he got diagnosed with bipolar disorder or something like that. Like like he had some stuff that was going on way before this where he was um, very aggressive. And um, I think it decreased his stock because he was a pretty good player, I think, at USC, Southern Cal. So um, this was the reason why he he didn't get. Um, drafted highly. Okay. I can see that. I, I can but see the, y'all how the timeline went the way it went. Uh, well, with Seahawks ending up with them, not going as high, things like that. Yeah. Well, actually, I think he was first in the Giants and then he went to the Seahawks. But um, it's a worse look for the NFL because they're the organization. Um, but Chad Wheeler, who is he? Nobody really knows. I mean, until now, kind of. But <laughs> he'll disappear like Not really. everybody else. I would agree. Um, but we'll move it along to Deshaun Watson and how he has officially asked for a trade from the Houston Texans. But they have declined and still have declined. Um, but people are very adamant that he will eventually be moved. But is there any way that Deshaun Watson plays for the Houston Texans next season? I I don't think so. Like as much as they're being very stubborn and bullheaded about, because I actually think they're not faking about like their seriousness of not trading him. I think that it may be partially, I want to prove a point. You sign a contract, blah, blah, blah. Or that I think that, 
all around, they don't want to decrease as a franchise if they move him. So I, I think they're serious. I think they're quite serious, as other franchises may just be playing the game to raise a stock. But even with all of that in mind, I think Deshaun Jackson has made his mind up, no matter what, if I have to sit out, y'all would just not have anybody there. So it, it, I think he's going to end up leveraging not playing against them trading him and is willing to release probably half a season uh, to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much over. Um, he's really going to force their hand, and teams know that. They know that he wants out, and they want to just kind of give him a, a bag of chips for Deshaun Watson instead of what he's really mm-hmm. worth. Um, but some team is going to go out there and, and trade a, a good amount of picks some players to get him because he is a franchise quarterback, and we've we've seen that he's a proven guy already. He's... Um, I think he might have had rookie of the year or maybe close to it, but um, he's just an amazing talent and anybody would be uh, a Super Bowl contender with the right pieces around him. Um, so I, I think it's pretty much over with him and the Houston Texans. Yeah, it's the era of player empowerment and some way, somehow NFL players have found a way to do it also. Because uh, it, it comes along with being high profile. If, if you want to make money and you want my fame and my name to produce money for you in whichever way releasing me or keeping me, you need to make a move. Because they have the real power because if they've grown enough of their mystique or their value in their league, then especially in the NFL, I, I think really it's not it's only certain players who can do it and only certain positions can do it but Deshaun Watson is finding a way to have that type of power that the NBA players have really grasped onto in these uh past couple years I don't, I don't think uh NFL players can compare to NBA players it's ridiculous the amount of um autonomy that they have i mean they are here creating all-star teams just cuz they they want to and the NFL, I mean, that player empowerment is getting very high or, or better in the NFL, but it's nowhere near the NBA. I would agree. But it's really like a very select. It's like five. It's like really, I don't even know whether it's five people who have that type of power in the NFL right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> they they would have gave him a middle finger uh, if he tried to pull that. Because uh, he already backtracked on some of his comments about, hey, I, I, whether I'm going to be here or whether we need more and all that other stuff, as we've kind of discussed about Aaron Rodgers. But I agree. It's really like maybe three players. Like, I, I give you Tom Brady because he, he showed you he could do it. He, he literally did the player empowerment year and brought other players with him. He, he was the best one for that, but he had a resume behind it to get that uh, type of effect. The sign Watson only because everybody sees they're wasting his talent. And outside of that, I, it's not many other players because everybody else is happy where they are. Like Lamar could possibly have that power, but I still think that they would just blackball him. And then when it comes to not fully blackball him, but like say that he's uh, not a good character person because he doesn't w- want to work with the team. And then you got Patrick Mahomes, who I definitely think has that type of power. But once again, he's happy where he is. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is set up in the best situation. Um, he has all the tools that he needs to create a dynasty and um, win more rings. But um, I guess we'll move it along to another trade between the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions traded Matthew Stafford, their quarterback, for Jared Goff. Uh, two first-round picks and one third-round pick. Um, so, in your opinion, who won this trade? The Los Angeles Rams or the Detroit Lions? And they also had Jared Goff in that. Can it kind of be a stalemate? Like, I like. Of course, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to say that it's going to be the Rams because they have the better setup to produce more wins, but. This is kind of like a stalemate to me. I, I just I don't believe in this whole Matt Stafford's gonna. He might ball out there, but I he might have that Detroit curse on him also. So I I don't know. They they keep they really went after this trade that they've the favorite now in the division and everything. When I definitely don't think that they're the favorite in their own division. It will still be a battle. You still have San Fran. You still have the Seahawks, and you still have the Cardinals. If anything, I'm going to probably put it on the Cardinals as the favorites for the division, even with Matt Stafford. But just to kind of pull it all the way in, I would say it's really like an even trade. It's like Detroit really wasn't going anywhere. So what? You can kind of go up. So it's not really a negative. And you're also getting those, uh, well, you gave up picks uh, for it well, with the Rams. But you get picks and you get a quarterback. You're really about where you were just last year or so and where you've been for the past 10 years so really i'd say a stalemate i can definitely see that but i think the rams just slightly just a tiny bit one just for now just for their current team um but for the future they're screwed because they have all this money tied up into these big players um but they're in win now mode and i think matthew stafford can definitely help them compete better than Jared Goff. But whenever you compare the quarterbacks, Jared Goff has been further in the playoffs than Matthew Stafford. So he does have a little bit more experience in the playoffs, Jared Goff, even though he's much younger. Um, but Jared Goff, uh, he, he just wasn't the quarterback for them. Um, I don't think he probably stays at the lines too much longer. Well, I'm, I'm really not sure. I mean, he's not really going to put you over the top, but he, he does have this huge contract, which they probably want to – you know, try to uh, cut some of his money. But I think their future, if they can draft well, can be set up pretty well for the Lions. For the Lions? Well, they really have never been. They, they're not over the top at all. So I don't see it as a negative because, if anything, you add it on. Like, you were going to be at the same point with Matt Stafford there as Jared Goff. So I, I really don't see a negative there. But if anything, you add on playoff uh, experience, you add on the picks, and if anything, you can always go up. So it really wasn't a loss for Detroit in any way, they, I don't think. And the Rams have the possibility of giving getting over a hump when I still don't think it really puts them over the hump. So that's why I just still feel it's a stalemate due to it. It, it really just it's like an eh type of trade to me. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Um, but with, with the lines, they basically are in the same place. But 
they still, you know what? I'm going to say the Lions won this one because they get picks and a quarterback. <laughs> they <You> flipped it. <laughs> <in. laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to flip it. I mean, I, I think the Lions won this one. They get two first-round picks and a third-round pick, um, and they don't really get any worse. So they, I, I think they, they, they won this one. Um, the only thing that is the, the bad part about it is Jared Goff's contract. But, you know, they, they can deal with that. Like, like, imagine. Imagine if he actually gets them to the playoffs this year. And, and it's very easy for the Rams not to make the playoffs. Be, get, do, just due to their division. Just due mm-hmm. to the difficulty of their division. Looking a year from now, it may look real, real stupid. It may look real stupid, even though it really doesn't fully equate. It's just due to the hard division versus Detroit possibly getting over a pump that nobody's really expecting them to get over. Yeah, I mean, they do have Aaron Rodgers in their uh, division. The Vikings are kind of up and down, but they have a pretty well-rounded team. Um, what's that? The, the Bears? Ah, who cares? Um, so, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you can end up second. End up second in your division, made it easier for him, and he looks like he's won the trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other Lions, than living in Detroit, sorry to the, the, down Detroit, but other than living in Detroit, because you're coming from LA. Oh yeah, that sucks. Um, so no commercials for him. <laughs> Quiet life. Eight mile, straight eight mile. Yeah, but Matthew Stafford at this point, he has to get it done. It's all on his shoulders. You're with a team that can compete. They just made the playoffs. Um, they've been to the Super Bowl. You got to get to the Super Bowl now. You def- you got to get it done. There's no more excuses. Um, I don't know why. I'm sorry, because you're probably going to move on from that point. But I just don't see Matt Stafford as the big city type quarterback. I see him as a down home anywhere else type of quarterback. He can even be a Dallas quarterback. It needs to be in the South, but I just don't see him as that high-profile L.A. type of quarterback, and for some reason, I feel like the media is going to eat him alive. They, I mean, they, they just might, um, especially if they're not winning initially, because whenever you come into a situation with expectations, people are just waiting for them to mess up. I mean, you just look at the situation with uh, Tom Brady whenever he was kind of having an up-and-down season, and then they were able to reel off a good amount of wins and then, you know, kind of ride off that momentum to get to the Super Bowl. Um, But it's hard seeing that with Matthew Stafford. I think he's only played maybe one or two playoff games, and he hasn't won any. Um, So it's it's just going to be really hard for him to succeed. I think the biggest draw was probably the coaching um, because – Sean McVay is a pretty good coach that can um, script plays pretty well. And I feel like they thought that Jared Goff was probably holding him back. But we'll see if Matthew Stafford is an upgrade. I, I Actually, like viewing it all the way through, this is a risky trade for the Rams because it really can only in two ways, uh, success or destruction. Like, it's really only two ways. Because if you don't make the playoffs or you don't make it past the first round, it wasn't worth it. Like, they made it to an actual Super Bowl. You got to do it again. And this is with a whole other quarterback. And then it's, it's just barely li- very, very likely for them to fail versus succeed. Because it's them against the field versus them against 
sailing, which is what 95% of the league actually does every year. Yeah, it, it got to come through. Um, they've already paid all these guys. I think Matthew Stafford is getting paid probably a good bit. I'm not sure about his contract, but they paid Jalen Ramsey, um, Aaron Donald. I'm not sure about anybody else, but those are their, their mo- most expensive contracts. And they barely have any um, draft picks. So they're, they're trying to win now, and they probably mess up their future. But... I move it along to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So with these two te- with, with these two teams, who is your pick to win? Why? I really have been on the fence. Like I haven't been on the fence when it comes to recording, but mentally I'm on the fence because and it it's, it definitely has has to kind of draw in on a dislike for the Patriots and Tom Brady getting another Super Bowl. And I also want Patrick Mahomes to have the ability to possibly pass Tom Brady in the, the GOAT status. Because until then, Tom Brady holds it. I still think that. But it, it's such a toss-up because there's – I'll be very frank. It's, there's a lot of black coaches on Tampa Bay. There's a female coach. There's there's a lot of storylines and people who really been in the league for a while who won a Super Bowl and deserve a Super Bowl. I just think it's extra adding on for Brady, which draws me away from rooting for them. Then you have the Chiefs, who I really don't really care. I like uh, Patrick Mahomes, which a lot of people like Patrick Mahomes. And I, I would, for now. I'm not, yeah, and I'm not really against him adding on another championship because I, I'm just not against his theme for him being great because he is, he's great. So it is, I am definitely right down the line. I am afraid, like I said, of the bucks, but I am going to pick the chiefs. And in the end, I kind of won't be mad whichever way it lands. Okay, okay. Um, that's how I kind of felt about the Super Bowl last year. I, I didn't really care who won the game. I wasn't really rooting for anybody. But I feel like the Buccaneers are going to win. Um, I mean, Tom Brady could have the worst game of his life. Uh, somehow, I, j- I just think they're going to win. They're going to pull it off. Um, this will be the all-time magical season. And uh, he he gets his name put as the city's name because the mayor just recently said that he would rename the city to Tampa Bay if they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> For how long? I don't know. <laughs> that, that can't be official. <laughs> yeah, like getting, I mean. That's like getting the key to the city. What does that fit in? I, I'm not sure if he has the authority to do that, but, you know. And for um, a day. I think he has a, a, the power for, for a day. Okay. Yeah. It, it wouldn't I, be I, like automatic. I think it's like, like a I think he gets like a Tom Brady day, a Tampa Bay day. Like with it. I think he can do that. But I really don't think it extends beyond that. You can't change a whole city's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most likely. But um that has to be taken comes, to a vote in Yeah, but when it comes to this game, I mean this is a huge toss up. I mean, you look at the Chiefs. They have so many weapons on offense. They have a track team that can basically beat anybody in a foot race. 
um, Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey are some of the best weapons in the NFL. And then you, you got Patrick Mahomes who can throw from any type of angle. Um, they, they don't have many weaknesses. Their defense might be more of the weakness, but they're still not bad. And then on, with the Bucks, they have a lot of weapons on offense, but uh, immobile quarterback. Uh, offensive line is playing pretty great. Defense can really um, shine at times, but they can definitely be exposed. But they haven't been for uh, this playoff run, not too much. But it's really a toss-up. I, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I actually do agree. I'm I'm going more with my heart in a lot of ways here, but your analysis is quite right. Uh, because the Chiefs offensive line, they already have, I think, at least three starters out. Uh, someone also uh, broke their Achilles just last game. It, it's a, They are built to lose. It's like a lot of things are setting up for them to just make sense that they will lose. That whole COVID don't, situation. Don't jump where, ship now. Stay, no, no, stay I, right I, on your ship. No, no, I'm staying on my ship. I'm staying. I'm still <laughs> staying. I'm just telling you I'm picking with my heart versus my head uh, because even the stuff with the COVID and the haircut, I don't know whether you uh, you read about it or know about it. But Yeah, the barber. Yeah, the barber who tested positive for COVID while already giving half of the team haircuts. Literally one dude was in the middle of a half half of its haircut and jumped out of the chair <laughs> literally jumped out of the chair because they had said at that moment he tested positive for COVID and literally jumped out the chair being the person right before Patrick Mahomes uh, played. And really, I think the NFL is probably fudging a lot of the COVID rules right now. Uh, and everybody's kind of okay with it because nobody wants to see half the team playing a Super Bowl or delaying the Super Bowl in any way. So I really think they're fudging those rules, to be real. But we're all all cool with it. Uh, but oh, yeah. to kind of pull it in, it just shows that it, it, if we're reading the energy around the Super Bowl, it would seem like one that the Chiefs just don't get. And it's built for Tampa Bay to have the storybook season from down to the black coaches, the players, the uh, first time the Super Bowl's there. Uh, more than likely, mess around and the temperature will be great. And like you said, Tam uh, Tom Brady can have one of his worst games ever. And I yeah, logic says that they can still win it. <laughs> yeah, possibly. But he had a chance to have a storybook season in 2007 to go 19-0, and it, it failed. And we could come up with that same situation here. But, you know, hopefully he's able to go ahead and deliver them a championship and uh, right off into the sunset, but most likely not, which leads me into my next question. Well, um, I, so sorry. I want to make one last comment about that. So okay. the only thing that they don't need, either one of them, and mostly Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, specifically them two, those two, is neither one needs to be blown out. It, being blown out messes up the mystique of either one. Really? <laughs> yeah. If Tom Brady gets beat down, it's going to be, a the Chiefs are great. He really... Re it, it kind of they they will push him up to constantly like keep writing the story of Patrick Mahomes the greatest. If Patrick Mahomes gets stumped by the Bucks, then it's like, dang, you ain't never going to be the greatest. You got stumped by Tom Brady, who you competing against. So I think it hurts either way. If either one gets stumped, it, it hurts their mystique. 
Um, I guess you can say that, but in my eyes, I don't think it really hurts either of them. I mean, Tom Brady has already won all these championships before. And, I mean, you said that he had nothing left to prove uh, last week. But then Patrick yeah, Mahomes... Yeah, true, he- but I just think that it's going to add to Patrick Mahomes. And it's just like, ha, uh, he would... It, it doesn't add to his. And being stumped is like, ah, uh, you're old. Like, they, they, are, they will come up with storylines to, hey push down that talk of greatest and really be like, all right, we're really just waiting for uh, Patrick Mahomes to fill out the list for the greatest because he's at least beat you and beat you down at that. <laughs> okay. I mean, a win is a win. A loss is a loss. Um, but um, with Patrick Mahomes, he, ha- he just has so much time. He's accomplished so much in his short career. People are just going to say, you know what? He has all this time. You know, he'll be back there. I mean, but you never know. You never know because there's plenty of teams or players who didn't really make it back. Um, but I, I don't think it really matters either way. I, I think both of these guys can come out looking pretty well, even if they lose. Either one. Stories will be written. but oh, Of course, media. They, they got to hold on to something. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Tom Brady has said that he's considering playing past the age of 45 even though his goal was this whole time was to play to the age of 45 so with him considering this is he being selfish dang i got a question for you selfish to what (laughs) (laughs) oh okay you want me to answer that yeah well he's being selfish to his family i mean okay he's already been playing at least 20 years and he has two or three smaller children that he could could still, you know, spend all the time in the world with. Um, he's already accomplished so much. What more do you have to do? I mean, you're adding on two more years already, and then you're thinking about even more after that. I think it is selfish to his family. I don't think it's selfish. If you have the ability to do it, do it. And it's not like he can regroup this time. You, there is not going to be another period in his life where he can do this ever again. Never again. So I, I, I disagree on the selfishness. I understand, um, I guess, with the stories of Giselle saying, hey, we want you to uh, eventually run this up. I mean, like, wrap this up. I've been really sacrificing all this time with you. But I don't see why not if you can do it. Um, there's not just no other time to be able to do it. And I know we say, hey, you can I, I know I'm probably like I'm probably getting a notch against me for saying that, hey, he can make up this time with his kids again. But and I am very passionate about spending time with those people at those certain ages. But he has off season. They're used to this. It's, it's literally been 20 years of this. So if anything else, you would be changing the rhythm of what they already know. Just continue it till the wheels fall off. Um, I mean, yeah, they can have time with him in the offseason, but I don't think the work ends there. Of course, he'll have his vacation, maybe one or two of those over the offseason, but he's still preparing and exercising and getting his mind ready for the season. Um, the, the work doesn't stop at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, I actually hear that. But like, do you think he's actually going to stop his type of work ethic? when he doesn't no longer plays football because he has whole other businesses. 
uh, especially just like TB12. I, I don't think that his him being occupied is going to be something that stops once he starts football. Um, yeah, of course, he, he does have his whole brand and everything and getting that out there. But that's that's less time. Well, that's more time for the, the family, I think, because, of course, he's going to, you know, pay attention to the brand, but he's not going to have football to worry about. It's going to be mostly focused on the brand and he might devote some more time than he did before. But I don't think as much time will be spent away from his family. I think he's going to be on TV right after that. I think it's TV and everything else. Like, I really don't think there's going to be like he might mess around and ramp up and and have less time with them. (laughs) But does he have the TV presence to you? I mean, because Drew Brees, he's going to be the one um, I, within the next couple of seasons, whenever he decides to retire, he's going on to a network. But does Tom Brady have that presence? Uh, we don't really. I, I've, I've seen it when it came to like those. Uh, he has a radio show. So I would say he might. He has a, he has a radio show. And from the video I've seen, he can at least talk. And his name is Marquis. So they're going to be biting for his his attention just like they do with Peyton Manning. They might not even mess around and give him as just an announcer, but give him specials just like Peyton Manning. Yeah, I, yeah, they could possibly do that. I mean, Peyton Manning doesn't exactly come up on Monday Night Football or um, any of the regular bar- broadcast games. But, I mean, possibly he could do that. But I think he is being selfish and, you know, you just got to hang him up at some point. Um, what more do you really have to do? <laughs> I, I think he has that. He does have that Jordan mentality where it's really not a a restful mind. It's it's what I what do I need to accomplish next? And what's next? And what's next? And what's next? And that certain people are wounded that way. And honestly, if they stop doing that, they kind of lose purpose. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that. Um. Once you reach a certain point, you feel like you need to reach a even, or make another goal to reach, reach an even higher point. Um, I can definitely relate to that, um, but still, in a way, still being selfish. Uh, and if he wins the Super Bowl, he could easily ride off into the sunset. But I really don't think that happens. Yeah, the way he said it, I, you're right. He said that 45, there's no way he will retire and then he wins the Super Bowl. That's he's he's pretty much I'm he's guaranteeing saying that. Unless there's some critical crazy injury, which I don't hope on him, that he's coming back. Yeah, I mean he really does try to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. I mean, you could tell in that Green Bay game when that guy came off the edge unblocked. I mean, he tried to throw it as yeah. fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's not trying to take any hits. Um, but we'll move it along to the NBA with the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers. So the Brooklyn Nets beat the Los Angeles Clippers 124 to 120 with Kawhi Leonard being the highest score with 33 points, five rebounds and five assists. Uh, Paul George had 26 points, six assists and four rebounds. Kevin Durant had 28 points and nine rebounds, zero assists. 
Uh, Kyrie Irving had 39 points, two assists, and five rebounds. And James Harden, the beard, had 23 points, 14 assists, and 11 rebounds. A triple-double. So with the Brooklyn Nets taking the W over the Los Angeles Clippers, do you think they can challenge the Lakers? I do. But, big old but, they got to make it out of the East. <laughs> so, and, and it's not even that I don't think they make it out of the East because they are a problem. They are a true problem. They don't, they're not going to need as much time to jail. Their problem is they're spread too thin. So by the time they would even get to that point, they're, they're, they're literally putting everything onto the floor. I, I think that's going to be their Achilles is just doing too many minutes, having to do too many minutes to win these games. Y'all are great together when y'all do do it, but y'all are, eventually you get tired. And that's what's going to more than likely happen to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, because they can all score at will. Um, I, I think they can all get at least 40 points on any night. Um, it's just about sharing the ball and playing defense, which is probably their weakest point. And I think they really uh, point towards that They're, with that being their weakness. Because if you go go back and see that game against the Wizards, I mean, that was just ridiculous, giving up 149 points in regulation. And I think they've done that like three or four times. That's Awful defense. That's ridiculous. Um, but I definitely you know just, why? Huh? It's it's because defense takes energy, just like <laughs> offense takes energy. So you yeah. gotta you you're gonna have to leverage something to be staying into the game. And of course, they are more inclined to play offense because they're all known not as the best defensive players. At best, Katie's the best defensive player out of the three, and, and we're not putting him in that book. So I would say, yeah, that it's because they have to give effort on defense, and it might be a little bit more effort than they have to give on offense. Maybe, but I think that they can definitely challenge the Lakers because they can pretty much score at will. But as far as trying to stop the Lakers, that's probably the their biggest challenge when it comes to defense. And like you said, you know, just wanting to do it and expending energy, and they don't have that much of a bench as as they did before they got James Harden. And that's going to be the huge difference in this, Um, which I think that the Lakers would pretty much probably come out on top. I I honestly don't think that changes. No matter who they try to trade for or get in here, it's not going to change about them being able to stop somebody. I think whoever's the, the player is going to be able to get their buckets. It's just about outscoring and getting key stops. They're not going to really be able to stop anybody, though. Well, they just have to get more effort on, on defense. I mean, somebody's going to have to sacrifice and play more defense than offense because they can all score very well. They, I mean, somebody has to take some type of backseat to put some more effort on defense. And who would that be? Harden? Uh, That's literally the only option. I, I would say Harden history. because Kyrie Irving, you know, he's not going to defend that well. So, <laughs> And nobody wants KD being the primary defender. Well, I don't think any of these guys have to be the primary defender. I think they all need to play team defense, kind of like how the Rockets were whenever they were playing in the, in the bubble. In the bubble? 
Oh, okay. I was about to say, because I was like, I don't know a history of uh, the James Harden uh, Rockets that haven't known how to play defense. <laughs> but we did, that's the Dan Tony years. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think this changes. Because who are you leaning on for this, this bevy of knowledge for playing defense? Steve Nash? He ain't never been that guy. Uh, Dan Tony? He ain't never been that coach. James Harden? He ain't never been that defender. Uh, Kyrie, once again, never been that defender. He's even worse than Harden. And if anything, you're putting KD as somebody who might be possibly somebody who can give you solid defense. Well, it just goes back to the point that I said they have to play great team defense. I don't think it's going to be just one single player that, you know, just guards the best player on the opposite team. They have to work together. They have to start gelling more to play on defense. And in order to do that, though, they have to have somebody who is not them to be that defender, though. I think they need a Draymond. They don't need specifically Draymond, but they need a Draymond. And I think that's harder than you actually think in this situation. Somebody who does not care about their points. Who There are going to be some players who don't care about their points, but can they actually produce the effort for defense or to glue them together to make a team defense? Because I still don't think Golden State's the best defense, but they were they were great defense when, when Draymond meshed them together. Well, they, they played great team defense. Of course, Draymond was a really good defender, but they played good was the team glue. defense. It was good team defense because of him, though, not because of anything else. Well, they came together as a team, is my point. So I yeah, think yeah, that you're right. You're right. The Nets are still going to have to do the same thing. True, but I, I just don't think the players they have or anybody they can bring in can create that. And it's not like they have a bevy of people who actually know how to do it or has proven to know how to do it. Well, um, I also think that, yes, they're going to have huge challenges in the East, and um, defense is going to be their weakest point. So they're they're just going to have to tighten up on defense and play great or average team defense to (laughs) make it to the finals and possibly be possibly be able to um, defeat the Lakers. That's a reachable goal. Average team defense will can get them there. But then you have to deal with the fact that you're getting run down by actually doing it. Yeah, because um, they pretty much need all their players to um, keep up with the rest of the team because their bench isn't really that great. And you still have DeAndre Jordan taking our space and not doing much. Forgot he was on the team. Yes. <laughs> but he's a marquee starter that they kind of have to, they keep kind of waffling in between. Dang, he's so bad that we really can't even play him. Really, that's where they're at in playing him. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, I, somehow they should probably try to get rid of him. But <laughs> but they're not going to do it because they, you remember in the beginning, their big three was that three. It was true, but you remember they were promoting this and they were saying they were uh, being coming together to create their three. And uh, DeAndre, because he's friends with KD, it was supposed to be the Chris Bosh of the group. And of course, we never valued that. Nobody really kind of. But they were definitely promoting it that way. DeAndre was good at one time, but definitely nowhere near considered to be a, a certified number three. They found it with Harden, though. Oh, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but none of them, I, I don't think any of them are going to go into that Chris Bosch or Kevin Love role. They're going to need it. They're going to need it because that's what's key to these championship teams is the glue guy. Yeah, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how everything unfolds. But we'll move it along to LeBron James and how he got into a little argument with a fan on the sideline at uh, Atlanta Hawks game. So uh, during the fourth quarter of a game against the Hawks, LeBron James got into a brief verbal confrontation with a female fan who pulled down her mask to make a point. Uh, the specific details of the incident were not clear, but the woman and her husband and two other people were ejected for getting into the verbal spat with LeBron James. Uh, so with LeBron James responding to these fans, do you think he was right? Mm, I don't think there is a right. I, I think there is a this is actually the normal way of basketball, and we're just now highlighting it because we've had this hiatus of fans actually reacting to the players. They're, they're just highlighting something because it's actually news in this dead period of it's the Super Bowl week, but nobody really feels like it. Honestly, I think that's what it really is. There's not enough big news out here that they had to make that big news because otherwise that is literally every single away game for these players in a normal NBA season. So I, I think that it just got highlighted so much once again, of course, because it's LeBron and also because everybody could hear it, but it's, it's actually what's normal. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess there isn't too much news in the NBA when it comes to controversy. And this was probably the biggest controversy here and there's not as many fans. So you could hear much more within an, an arena. Um, but I would say that I, I guess this this one just really got to him because you, you don't normally see LeBron James respond to any fans. I mean, you might see Russell Westbrook. I mean, we, we've seen that a few times, but he, he's <laughs> not one to um, respond to many people. But since there's not as many people out there, he noticed and, you know, reacted, but not really in a bad way. Well, kind of even uh, hone in on that one. I think LeBron is just searching for stuff for motivation. And we can easily draw back to just a few games before when he went off because of the Cavs uh, um, up front, front office member who was quite excited about seeing LeBron miss. And then he went off, I think maybe for, I'm not sure how many points, but he, he absolutely balled on them after that point. He's just searching for something to keep him going i think that's it i think it's a jordan thing and he he took that that hunger for drawing anything that can motivate him uh and that really just I, if anything i think that excited him and they played real nice afterwards so it's really nothing that's real there there's no real beef she apologized for even coming at him that they were already talking about it with a lot of liquor he actually enjoyed it Oh, yeah. He he had some fun with it. He made a post on somewhere. It was an Instagram, maybe saying courtside Kieran. I mean, he he was just having some fun with it. I, I don't think this was too much to really talk about. It was just some news for the NBA. 
I'll bet money that he sent some type of thank you or apology gift to her. I, I and more than likely the other way. No, I'm so, in real life, I think that that might have more than likely happened for real, because that's just how his type of class of players do, and it was no real beef. No, no, not not really much of any real beef, but um. <laughs> It it was just, uh, I guess, a slower day in the NBA. Um, but we'll move it along to our last subject, which is about the possible All-Star game for the NBA, which will be, it, it will take place in all in one day, all of the um, events that they usually have. And with the All-Star voting, uh, sorry, I'm just looking it up right now. So with the all-star voting, um, Brooklyn Nets forward Kevin Durant and Los Angeles Lakers forward LeBron James have led the first round of fan voting for uh, the possible all-star game. And then we also have Steph Curry. Um, wait a minute. Yeah, we have Steph Curry. We have Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard. Giannis, uh, you know what his name is, Joel Embiid, yeah, that name, Jason Tatum, uh, Bradley Bill, uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Paul George, and those are the, the main ones who have gotten uh, the most fan votes so far, but should the NBA have an all-star game this year? Hmm. Dang. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I didn't even think about whether they should because uh, I, I guess um, you could end up with a super uh, contagion um, situation, but other than that, that's that problem, you really... It's not no reason why they they want to get the money that they they want and the biggest draw even just last year without COVID was the All Star game. It was actually one of the best games I've actually seen uh, due to how they did the new rules. So I I say yes, especially doing it all in one day. If anything, people are going to be extremely tuned in. Yeah, um, I, I think this is probably a, a pretty good marketing tool because you get to see all of this action all within one day. So I, I'm thinking that most of these events will be televised all throughout the day instead of just at one central time. And um, people will be tuned in, especially if it happens on a Saturday. I think it's March 7th. I'm not sure what day that is of the week. No, that's a Sunday, March 7th. So um, I, I think it's probably a, a pretty good idea, but it could be very risky and you can have a lot of players come out with positive cases unless you do some type of bubble. I, I don't think they're going to do a bubble. I think they're going to roll the dice on this one. <laughs> I really do. Uh, they're going to take the normal precautions and uh, rape everybody's noses <laughs> to get the COVID test. But <laughs> they're... Yeah, I think they're going to roll a dice on this one because doing a bubble means that I, I, I guess this means you're not going to be playing a game like two, like a game before. You know how a lot of the previous games, 
uh, All-Star games, players would literally in a game the night before and then be in the uh, All-Star game or the setup because it's a three-day thing normally. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I just don't think it's going to be – I think they roll the dice. That's all I just say on that one. Bubbling, it will take a lot of – a lot. And I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. Um, but either way, I think they, they, they're they able to make a pretty good profit off of this um, just due to one single day. And it could be something that they do in the future. Just do it on one day instead of spreading it out over a whole weekend. I do, I do think that's a lot of events, though. That is a lot of events. Like, you're really... They're going to have to be pumping it out. Like... It's going to be a, a great little day, but you got the shooting contest. You got the dunk contest. You got the uh, the rookies versus sophomores uh, game. You have the the actual all-star game, uh, three-point contest, skills challenge. Um, and I'm not sure whether they throw the WNBA in there also. Uh, I know they were at least in a skills challenge, but I, I, it'll be quite exciting. I think it's a great idea, other than the fact that they're going to possibly – get everybody gonna have COVID well yeah there's that possibility but I mean if you really look at it you could probably have all that stuff done I mean starting at 12 12 p.m on the hour every hour but like how many courts are you gonna have probably plenty Mm, I guess yeah actually uh I guess where is this supposed to be at it's going to be in Atlanta, I guess, it's at the Atlanta Hawks arena. We'll see how that works, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it'd be, it would be exciting. I would definitely tune in. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely makes it a lot better because it's all in one day. You don't have to think, oh, is it coming on this time, that time? No, it's, it's all back-to-back. Yeah, and it can't, these dunk contests can't be as drawn out as they were before, though. Because dunk test alone was lasting, what, two hours, three hours sometimes? Uh, so uh, each event, at least when it comes to the games, were at least an hour and a half to a, two hours. So I don't know what they're going to do, um, but I, I'm game. I'm definitely game. Yeah, but we'll see if the players are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that does it for us at So You Think You Know Sports. We'll now move it along to the trivia questions. Uh, Alex has three trivia questions. They're all multiple choice. I try to give you my best answer along with some commentary. But you can go ahead with that first question, Alex. All right. Question one. Who was the first NFL player to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl? A, Jerry Rice. B, Emmitt Smith. Or C, Dan Marino. Hmm. Um, well, these are all Hall of Famers. Dan Marino played for the Dolphins. Um, Jerry Rice played for the 49ers. And then I think the Oakland Raiders. Um, Emmitt Smith played for the Cowboys. I think it's more likely to get three rushing touchdowns with Emmitt Smith, but I'm really not sure. So go ahead and ask that question one more time. All right, and just to say, uh, Emma Smith did play for the Cardinals for a little bit too. We ain't gonna forget about that. But okay. <laughs> question: one. I didn't know that. Yeah, for the end of his career, people do forget about that. But who was the first NFL player to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl? A. Jerry Rice, B. Emmitt Smith, or C. Dan Marino? 
Um, Jerry Rice, he was very great. Uh, he played with Joe Montana. I feel like it's a toss-up between him and Emmett Smith. So I'm going to go with Emmett Smith, final answer. Incorrect. It is Jerry Rice. Dang it. Yeah, Jerry Rice with the first two scored three touchdowns in a Super Bowl. All right, question two. Which NFL franchise was the first to win five Super Bowls? A, the San Fran 49ers, the B, the Dallas Cowboys, or C, the Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers? Hmm. Um, well, I think I can eliminate one because, okay, the Cowboys have a total of five, and they haven't won one since the mid-90s, and the Steelers have won two in the 2000s. So I can count out the Steelers right there. Now, the 49ers, that's kind of hard. I know that Joe Montana won four, and I'm not sure about who won. Oh, I think Steve Young won one also. So that's kind of hard right there. It's between the Cowboys and the 49ers. But go ahead and ask that question one more time. All right. So which NFL franchise was the first to win five Super Bowls? A, the San Francisco 49ers, B, the Dallas Cowboys, or C, the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm going to go with, this is hard. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Final answer. Wrong. <laughs> San Fran. 49 yep. <laughs> I know I could check out the Steelers. <laughs> nah, we're... I know it was a toss-up. They're right around the same time. Yeah, I couldn't remember what year the um, 49ers won their Super Bowl. Yep, they wanted uh, maybe they got their fifth maybe a year or two before the uh, Cowboys did. But that was also uh, one that uh, Dion was a part of. But uh, So for the last question, which NFL franchise has the worst playoff loss in NFL history. Which franchise? A, the Buffalo Bills, B, the Tampa Bay Bucks, or C, the Washington Redskins? Oh, why you had to throw that name in there? It's Washington Well, football. they were that. No, they were the Redskins at that time. <laughs> so, uh, man, come on, you got to remove that from your vocabulary. But True, um, but that's, that's what they were at that time. But you're right. I'm trying to think. Uh, so you got Washington. Um, Buffalo Bills was definitely on my mind before you even said it. Uh, and then Tampa Bay. I don't know what other game they played in besides their 2002 one, whatever whatever year that was. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make this quick and say the Buffalo uh, Bills. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> What were you going to say? I was going to emphasize the question again for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Emphasize uh, it again. Okay. So question three, <laughs> which NFL franchise has the worst playoff loss in NFL history? Not Super Bowl. Playoff. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, <laughs> wait for me. Let me stress okay. this. <laughs> well, I mean, that and makes it might still fine. be right. So I, I don't know. I can't really tell you, but I just wanted to emphasize. <laughs> That makes it a lot harder. But when I think about it, I feel like it was a Super Bowl. Just rethinking it. 
It might have been the Broncos versus the Washington team. So I'm going to go with Washington. Final answer. You're correct. Was it like 55-17 or something like that? No, it was actually against the Bears. And it was much before our time, way before our time. It was okay. uh, 72-0. to zero. They, oh. they lost against the Bears, and that was the Redskins, well, Washington franchise. They are the franchise who had the worst playoff loss ever. Okay, wow. I, I, I did not know that. I was thinking it was another game, but um, at least I got one right. One out of three. Still doing bad. I, I got to do better. Um, but that's it for us at So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week. All right, that, that was like just at an hour.